Welcome to Taiwan Report News Brief, news and analysis from Taiwan. I'm Donovan Smith. Today on the show, we have coronavirus updates, more places block Taiwanese visits, Sanku slams the Taishang, Taiwan pushes for WHA inclusion, the U.S. House of Representatives shows some love for Taipei, DPP boots TAPA members, and KMT's Johnny Chang makes some interesting comments. But first up, Taiwan ranked Asia's second freest place in new report. This is Radio Taiwan International. Freedom House has ranked Taiwan as Asia's second freest place in the 2020 edition of its annual Freedom in the World report. Taiwan scored 93 out of a possible 100 points, putting it second only to Japan in the Asia region. China received only 10 points. Moving on to the Taipei Times, virus outbreak, no new coronavirus cases, CECC says. There are no new confirmed cases of COVID-19 yesterday, the Central Epidemic Command Center said, adding that 12 patients have been discharged from hospital following treatment. Now, this is excellent news. It doesn't necessarily mean that new outbreaks won't happen, but it does strongly suggest that unlike a lot of countries, particularly in this region, it's very well under control here. Back to Radio Taiwan International, Labor Ministry details plans to alleviate employment instability. Now, if you listen to yesterday's show, there's been a whole raft of new measures have been introduced, and this is very much in line with those initiatives. The outbreak has heavily impacted Taiwan's economy. Slumping demand and shortage of parts and raw materials have led to a significant slowdown in the tourism, aviation, automotive, and electronics industries in particular. Many companies have announced plans to cut production and put employees on leave. At a legislature briefing session Thursday, Deputy Labor Minister Lin Sangkui, it's unclear what his name is, said that the ministry has prepared a budget of 4.1 billion NT dollars to help those affected by the slowing economy. These include workers who have had their hours cut, those who have lost their jobs outright, and those involved in microenterprise startups. Lin said the ministry has also begun providing up to 3.5 million in subsidies to companies that offer employee training programs. Now, as we noted yesterday, they have launched a big initiative again for training programs for people in the tourism business. Now, this and general hospitality, this looks like they're going to expand that on a wider scale. In other news, Saudi Arabia includes Taiwan in a travel ban due to coronavirus risk. However, on the one little bit of good news here is that Joanne O, oh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokeswoman, clarified at a regular press conference that Riyadh's decision had nothing to do with political considerations such as treating Taiwan as part of China. Saudi Arabia's health ministry has listed Taiwan separately from China's epidemic area, O oh said, quote, but considering close interactions between people across the Taiwan Strait, the country decided to suspend the issuance of all kinds of visas to Taiwanese nationals. 
Meanwhile, Taiwan says China forced Malaysian state to ban Taiwanese entry on virus fears. Taiwan's foreign minister said on Thursday that China had forced the Malaysian state of Sarawak to reinstate a ban on travelers from the island as part of coronavirus control steps, saying Beijing was taking joy in the measures. Sarawak, on the island of Borneo, has separate immigration controls from the rest of Malaysia. This week, it included Taiwan as part of its ban on visitors from China, then removed it after Taiwan complained, according to Taiwan's foreign ministry. Quote, after talks, Sarawak and Malaysia recognized Taiwan isn't China and lifted its coronavirus travel ban, Taiwan Foreign Minister Joseph Wu said on Twitter. Guess what? China forced Sarawak into banning Taiwan again. China takes joy in shoving Taiwan around and then expects gratitude for its Wuhan sacrifice. That's sickening. Joseph Wu is definitely, probably the most interesting foreign minister on Twitter in the planet. Up next in the Taiwan News, TSP legislators says Taiwanese trapped in Wuhan, quote, don't have guts to criticize China. In recent days, some of the stranded Taiwanese have complained that Tsai has deprived them of their right to return home and have threatened to sue the, her administration for violating the Constitution. In response, Taiwan State Building Party legislator Chen Wei, also known as 3Q or Sang-Q, on Wednesday, said that the government is very much aware of their plight, but that, quote, it is China that has trapped you. You blame Taiwan, which totally proves that you don't even have the guts to criticize China, reported SET News. In the Taiwan News, Taiwan fights for WHA participation with island-shaped stethoscope image. As Taiwan pushes for inclusion in the 73rd Annual World Health Assembly in Geneva in May, many of the country's overseas representative offices have changed their Facebook pictures to an image of a Taiwan-shaped stethoscope with the text, Health for All, Taiwan Can Help. Over to Reuters, U.S. to redouble efforts to ensure Taiwan's global participation, official says. The United States will redouble its efforts to ensure Taiwan's participation on the global stage, a senior U.S. official told President Tsai Ing-wen on Thursday amid Chinese efforts to prevent the island from having any international footprint. Now, those comments come from James Moriarty, the U.S.-based chairman of the American Institute in Taiwan. Quote, during President Tsai's second term, we will redouble our efforts to expand Taiwan's participation on the global stage, a need exemplified by the ongoing spread of the coronavirus. He goes on to say, Taiwan's measured, transparent and evidence based approach to containing this disease is a testament to the strength of its democratic system. It also underscores for the whole world to see the value that Taiwan can bring to international organizations Countries around the world stand to benefit from Taiwan's knowledge, experience, and generosity. Moving over to Focus Taiwan, U.S. House passes act to support Taiwan's international presence. The United States House of Representatives on Wednesday unanimously passed the Taiwan Allies International Protection and Enhancement Initiative, the acronym being Taipei, Act of 2019. 
The act authorizes the U.S. State Department to consider reducing its economic security and diplomatic engagements with nations that take serious or significant actions to undermine Taiwan. It also calls on the U.S. government to help Taiwan gain participation in international organizations, either as a member or an observer, and expresses its support for Taiwan's international participation when it interacts with Beijing. But the House of Representatives made some revisions to the bill, so the Senate will need to pass it again before it can be signed into law by President Donald Trump. The congressman said he is confident that the president will sign the bill as soon as it arrives on his desk. Now, part of this plan is suggesting to or recommending to the U.S. government the countries that diplomatically recognize Taiwan that they should they could possibly be punished if it's deemed a good choice by the State Department if they de-recognize Taiwan. Now, this is a statement from the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, on the passage of the Taipei Act I thought was interesting. Quote, for decades, the U.S. Congress on a bipartisan and bicameral basis has proudly stood with Taiwan, which is a key ally in the region and an important democratic partner. Today, by passing the Taipei Act, Congress once again reaffirms our strong support for a free, open and democratic Taiwan. The Taipei Act celebrates and supports Taiwan's commitment to democracy by preserving and promoting its position on the international stage. It is important that America encourages our allies and partners to strengthen their diplomatic ties with Taipei, and we ensure that Taiwan has a seat at the international decision-making table, including at the United Nations. Today and on all days, Congress continues to send a message to the world that America stands with Taiwan. This important legislation will now go to the president's desk, where we look forward to seeing it swiftly signed. Notice, she very specifically said that we ensure that Taiwan has a seat at the international decision-making table, including the United Nations. Now, of course, again, the, the Taipei Act is advisory and doesn't necessarily have much in the way of legal teeth, but it's a strong statement of support by the United States Congress. The Taiwan News, Taiwan's DPP expels close associate of former President Chen Shui-bian. As a supporter of former President Chen Cheng, and this is Cheng Xinzu, uh, a longtime member of the Kaohsiung City Council joined the list of legislative candidates for the Taiwan Action Party Alliance. Now, this was during the last election. The group was a new movement founded just last year by close allies of former President Chen Shui-bian. So he wasn't the only one, but the most high profile member. Essentially, they kicked them out for running under the banner of another political party. In the Taipei Times, now this is an editorial, KMT's Chang offers window dressing, but what I noticed is that there were two quotes that I hadn't picked up in the local media, which I'd like to highlight. Despite the clear trend of Republic of China citizens increasingly identifying as Taiwanese, not Chinese, as shown last month by a Taiwanese Public Opinion Foundation poll, 
which put the figure at almost 85%, Chang rejected out of hand changing the KMT's name or removing the word Chinese from it, saying that he would rather focus on substantial reform than superficial name changes. Now, there's been a lot of talk in the KMT with a lot of members suggesting they should remove the Chinese from the name Chinese Nationalist Party or KMT. The idea being that that would signify to the people in Taiwan that they are more for Taiwan and they are not so beholden to China. But Johnny Chang has rejected that out of hand. Now, I highly doubt that Hao Longbin, the other candidate, would remove the name either. He's older and he's part of the deep blue wing of the party. Now, this is going on, uh, continuing on. Johnny Chang said that the KMT was defeated in the January elections because the Democratic Progressive Party had, quote, stolen the ROC ancestral tablet. And now the editorial goes on to editorialize, believe it or not, as if the ROC belonged to the KMT. But that's a good point, saying that the DPP has stolen the ROC ancestral tablet. It, that's a fairly strong point to make. The Johnny Chang and the KMT do not own the ROC. So for him to come out and say that makes it sound like he thinks that the ROC rightfully belongs to the KMT. Obviously, the KMT identity, the party identity, is very closely allied to that of the existence of the ROC. Considering that the KMT emblem is effectively on the flag. Finally, some interesting articles to check out. In the Taiwan Gazette, an Okinawan's unlikely victory over reparations for 228, does it offer lessons for Japan? This is quite an interesting piece on history and how there was a lot of Okinawans here in the Japanese era. It's, it's worth checking out. In Taiwan Insight... Check out Taiwan's response to the coronavirus challenge of 2020. It goes fairly in-depth. And finally, in Ketagalan Media, global emergency highlights need to rethink Taiwan's exclusion from the United Nations. That's it for today's show. Be sure to check us out on report.tw where we post the articles mentioned in the show. Plus, we post up some other things, our latest versions of our shows, our other shows, and new shows, which are soon to hit the streets. This has been brought to you by the Taiwan Report. For more content like this, become our patron at report.tw. Oh, that's that Taiwan girl. I like my Taiwan girl.